Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. A delight to have you with us here on this Monday morning. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. And uh, join us to, joining us today uh, in studio, uh, Concord entrepreneur, Russ Willie. Russ, great to have you with us here today. Thank you, Ken. Nice, nice to be here. And also with us in studio, Catherine Mansfield. She is the chief marketing officer for Crypto Charities. And uh, great to have you with us as well, Catherine. Thank you. I'll, I'll, be here. I'll remember your name because our, our producer and uh, general manager has the same name. So, <laughs> so we call good. we call her Cat. There so go. we can differentiate uh, between the two. Uh, Russ, I, I will start with you. A recent uh, article in the Hippo Press uh, carried the headline: "Crypto Mining for Charity." Now, uh, I won't lie to you. Uh, I have uh, next to no knowledge about crypto and uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, first of all, before we get started into uh, your terrific idea, can you tell the folks uh, like me, you know, what crypto is all about, how long it's been around, and, and how it can be used? Yeah, I, uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, first, I have to get this out of the way without pandering too much. Uh, how, what is the percentage of guests that come on that have a a better resume than you, because uh, I don't think probably 10% maybe. Uh, it's quite, I did some I think, reading on you and it's quite impressive, sir. Geez, I'd, I'd be scared if, if most, <laughs> most don't have a better resume than me. <laughs> um, so, cryptocurrency has been around for a while. What it basically is, is it's another form of currency, um, just like the dollar, the yen, and, and, and that stuff. What it is, it's, it's, it's a decentralized currency in the sense like, um, there is no um, accounting, there's no centralized accounting for the transactions. So when you mine digital currency, this is the, the, um, the, the very basic version. So when you mine digital currency, all you're really doing, no matter what the digital currency is, is you are verifying transactions, much in the same way that Visa um, verifies the transactions because it knows me and it knows the vendor. So it's very easy to verify the transactions that Russ has 10 less dollars and company ABC that I've purchased goods and services from has 10 more dollars. Okay. So now that transaction fee for the work that they've done to verify that transaction and resolve it is what they keep. There's a Visa fee, there's an Amex fee. So in the world of digital currency or cryptocurrency, because it's decentralized, there's no one doing that. So the miners need to verify and they need to look at each side of the transaction and say, Oh, hey, by the way, I know that Russ gave Ken X amount of digital currency and Ken has received that digital currency. And so we have to basically solve that and we have to um, verify it so that everybody in the world knows, oh, Russ has 10 less and Ken has 10 more so that I don't keep giving away digital currency, right. uh, run out of my bank account. Yeah. So that work that is done by the miner... That reward, because there's no visa involved, that reward goes to the person that verifies that transaction, or in this case, the miner that verifies that transaction. So that is pretty much it. Mining for digital currency is accounting. And that reward that is kept is what we actually use to distribute to charities. I, I see. Now, uh, how, how do you get started in, in cryptocurrency? I mean, in terms of just the, the consumer. I know, you know a lot of people... 
you know, deal with uh, dealing with cryptocurrency these days. Is there a percentage on how many people in the U.S. actually, uh, you know, pay their bills and uh, live their lives through cryptocurrency? It's very, very low. Um, As it gets adopted more, uh, there'll be hopefully that's the plan that it will, um, you know, grow and grow and become a viable payment system. Um, There are certain limitations right now in the amount of transactions that can be, um, you know, completed based on the current structure of Bitcoin is probably the most um, well-known. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be some limitations. As more and more people use it, the system for um, using that payment system, it, it, it's going to have to be more robust. It's going to have to advance. But to answer your question, very few people use it now to do their, their main working. It's more of a speculation thing. Right. And that's what gets into trouble is, too, you, you have, as far as an investment, um, people will buy and sell digital currency. We don't do that at all. We don't speculate at all. Um, you know, to our system, we, we don't do any risk taking. We're basically mining digital currency. We're verifying the transactions. That reward goes back to the charity. So we're not asking them to invest money. We're not asking them to to buy cryptocurrency. We're not we're not buying cryptocurrency, hoping that it goes up in price, selling it, and then giving that back to the charities. So as far as risk management, it's very very low on our end. Actually, what we do is very simple, but. Um, you know, that is going to be a challenge going forward that it, it becomes more and more prevalent. And in that sense, I tell people that we work with now, even if it doesn't go big time or if it, if it goes away tomorrow, if digital currency goes away tomorrow, it exists now. It has value. So why not take advantage of it? And that's what our application does. It simply takes advantage of what has value now. Right. And why not use it to give back to charities? Now, how do people get started? Like, let's say I, I want to, you know, buy some Bitcoin. How, how does that? Uh, how does that process begin? Yeah, it, it's much a sense. Of, it's the same way as if you had a Fidelity account, you would go and you would buy mutual funds. There are certain um, brokerage firms that specialize in buying and selling digital currency. So, if you were going to do that, if you were going to invest, that would be the way to do it. You would look online. Kraken is one. There's a couple other ones that basically. Um, and I believe um, Fidelity is also getting into digital currency where you could take some of your funds either from your money market account or from where you would allocate to a, um, a mutual fund. You could take that money and, and, and buy actual cryptocurrency through Fidelity. Um, so that would be one way to do it. For us, the, the, the process is easier in that you don't have to know about anything. You have to download the app and then you run the app. You put in the code for the charity. And in the background, in your computer, it's working all the time. You don't need to worry about wallets. You don't need to worry about that. And then the, the proceeds of that work on your computer goes to the charity of your choice. But to answer your question, if you wanted to buy, actually buy digital currency, which we don't do, there are plenty of ways to go in and find a broker to buy and sell digital mm-hmm. currency. I see. Yeah. Yep. Although it, it did get some bad publicity a, a few months back. Uh, and did that hurt, the, you know, the, the crypto world at all, the, the Bitcoin world and whatever? Yeah, it yeah. does. That does hurt. Any kind of um, bad press. And to that, the FTX scandal, what I like to say is people always ask me, well, recently they asked me, like, you know, what, is that, what does that have in common with what you do? And what I or what is it? How is it different than what you do? And what I like to say is we, we should talk about what we have the same as FTX. And we only have one thing. We deal with digital currency. All the other things that he did and that company does, and any brokerage for that matter, um, is completely – we have nothing in common with them. He was um, basically taking in people's money, and it was basically fraud. 
So he could have done that with anything. He could have done that with uh, mutual funds, with uh, roses, right. uh, rose sure. petals or tulips back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So his was straight up fraud. So, you know, the things that we have that are dissimilar to him is, you know, 99% of the things. The only thing that is the same is we both use digital currency. Um, but going back to what you were saying before, any kind of, um, you know, negative publicity does scare people off. With this new technology, it's going to be early adopters. You're going to have to take a leap of faith to, to, you know, download and use the app, even though we're a Microsoft-trusted publisher, software publisher, which is fantastic. We had to jump through a, a lot of hoops for that. But there's going to be the people that are never going to trust it, and any kind of negative um, publicity is going to affect it. It already has a, a nefarious, um, you know, flavor to it in a lot of uh, mainstream media. So that's always a challenge. And, and yes, we, we try to do our best to um, separate ourselves from that, that we're just doing accounting um, and those people are actually actively, you know, defrauding people. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I know we're coming up uh, on a break uh, very, very shortly, and uh, we will get into uh, your new creation or relatively new creation, crypto charities. Uh, but what uh, what is your your background in in the uh, computer world? Yeah, quickly I went. I studied at uh, UNH in Manchester for computer science and networking. Um, then actually left there early for the uh, printing and variable data. Uh, industry, which I've been in uh, off and on, actually continuously for uh, almost 30 years. Um, and, um, you know, that's pretty much the um, the computer side as far as that. And, and you know, I had this idea. I've always dealt, um, worked in com- computers my whole life. And so um, that's my extensive background. So I'm a, um, a, not a, a, a high school job. I'm a, a college, a, a non-completer of college. So like a lot of the uh, people uh, that have uh, gone on to uh, good things, uh, that's not necessarily uh, needed, you know, to the uh, full college degree, but it does certainly help. Our guest today, uh, Russ Willie, he is uh, the, uh, well, he is the creator of uh, Crypto Charities, which we will uh, talk about in just a couple of minutes. Crypto Charities, crypto-charities.org is the website if you want to follow along with us and uh, Catherine Mansfield is here as well the chief marketing officer and we'll find out how she markets uh, this uh, great creation by uh, Russ right after we take a break here it's Kale and Company live here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental stay with us Back it is Kale and Company live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Russ Willie is with us. He is the creator of Crypto Charities, and uh, joining him in studio, Catherine Mansfield, who's a little bit shy, but uh, she is the uh, chief marketing officer of uh, Crypto Charities. And uh, Russ, how did it all come about? Tell us about. Uh, how that uh, light bulb went off in your head and you uh, invented crypto charities. Yeah, very quickly. Uh, back in the day, um, there was um, US, uh, UH, um, UC Berkeley out in uh, California had a program called SETI. And what they would do is they would, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they would uh, have uh, these radar arrays that would capture sound waves from deep space. And the problem they ran into was that 
they had so much data they couldn't analyze it with all their computers. So what they did is they created a screensaver. I don't know if you're old enough to remember screensavers. Most oh, yeah. people don't these days. Oh, yeah. We're in a select group. But you would have a screensaver where when your computer was off or pa- uh, uh, for a certain amount of time, it would go to a screensaver. So what this screensaver from SETI would do, you would download it and you'd run it. And when your computer went to sleep and the screensaver came on, it would analyze little chunks of data. And everybody that downloaded the, um, the screensaver what they were actually doing is using a process called distributed computing. So the, the what I call like the army of ants of computers would able to actually analyze more data than one supercomputer. So it was very effective in breaking up big pieces of data, breaking it into small chunks that are easily digestible and solved by computers. And when I heard of that in the 90s, I kept that in my brain. And then later, when digital currency or cryptocurrency came about, I said, this is a perfect application, a perfect tool uh, for digital comp- for digit distributed computing. So then it was just a matter of figuring out how to do it. Um, so we got down and we tested and we tested and we were able to come up with a system where little chunks um, of, of data or of work of, of mining digital currency or res- re- uh, reconciling those transactions are shared between everybody that runs the crypto-charities.org application. And when those um, when those um, resolve, when those transactions are resolved or or it's solved, that reward is sent back um, to our secure SQL servers. And at the end of the month, all the work done for each charity, based on the code that was used for individual users, we uh, tally up all that. We take that percentage, and all the money that's collected in digital currency, that percentage is sent back to the charity that you have selected on your computer by using the code. So that's basically how I came up with this whole thing back from the 90s all the way back up and when the time was right, distributed computing is a great solution to mine digital currency. Yeah, and now how does it work? Uh, I mean, do you uh, have to uh, enter what you're, you're going to donate, uh, you know, each month or does it come out automatically like, uh, you know, direct payments from your, your bank account? How, how does it all work and, and how is the the charity, uh, you know, selected by an individual or, or a company? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. It's it's actually very simple to <clears throat> to use. You you download it from our secure website. We are a um, a, um, a Microsoft trusted software publisher. We use EV code signing certificate, which is big fancy word for um, it's our software has been encrypted, so nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Um, so basically, the end user would download our app. They'd install it on their Windows-based machine. It takes about 30 seconds to install. When the user interface comes up or the app is shown, it says, Welcome to Crypto Charities, and it asks you to put in a code. Now, you can go to our website or, um, um, or if you have the code by email, you can put in, for instance, St. Jude or Annie's, which is Annie's uh, Angels Memorial Fund out of Stratton, New Hampshire, okay. a local charity that we work with. Mm-hmm. You type in Annie's in the application, and that's it. <laughs> so... What's happening then is it's the, the application automatically senses that you've put in Annie's. Mm-hmm. And all the work in the background while your computer is running is churning away and solving a math problem, basically. And when it gets that results, it sends that back to our secure site. And that's pretty much it. So it, it, to, not to labor it, but it's, it's very simple. You download the app, you run it, and you forget about it. You can hide the app, you can minimize the app, and it runs in the background and all you have to do is enter in the code, and it goes. You don't have to worry about sending them money. It's all done passively. It's all done in the background. It's all taken care of for you. You don't have to worry about anything. 
So does the individual uh, set the amount of money they, they want to contribute each week, each month? How, how does that work? Exactly. It's all done for you in the sense that once it, it, it's all based on the power of your computer. Um, if you have a really, really fast computer, then you're going to mine or, or solve more transactions for that digital currency. So basically, faster computer, you're going to mine more digital currency. And as a result, when you put in that code, that determines how much you're donating. It's not coming out of your pocket. You're not physically putting in a credit card. You're not sending anything. It, your computer, it's, I know it sounds amazing, your computer actually is generating the money. You don't know anything. You don't do anything. So you don't actively select how much you want to give. Your computer determines how much work is being done and, and as a result, how much you're donating. Like I said, a, a fast computer might donate X, uh, $20 um, a year. Uh, a slow computer might be $5, $10 a year, but it's all dependent on that. So you don't have to choose anything. You just actually choose the charity that you want to donate to. It remembers it. You never have to enter it again. Once you enter in it once, you remember it. And the great thing about our application is you can change charities at any time you want. You can, you can take off the one that you want. If you have a local charity, you can put in the local charity code, and that's it. You just set it and forget it. Wow. Uh, that, that is something. And how long has this, uh, this uh, app been around? Um, it, it, beta testing was um, 2017. We got our patent on the workflow, which I'm very proud of. Um, digital currency mining is is a known algorithm, is a known process, so you can't you can't patent that. But the patent is on our workflow, which is great, where we can actively select different charities, and that's what uh, is unique about our product. That's why nobody's doing what we're doing in the entire world. Um, and now I've forgotten what you what you had asked, but um, <laughs> I got off on a tangent. I apologize. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, and uh, all you have to do is go to your website. Crypto-charities.org, and I, I see the icon there to, to download it, and uh, download it uh, onto a computer, and then uh, it's uh, set it and uh, forget it, I guess. That's it. You go to our site, you download it. There's there's video walkthroughs on how to install, and also uh, some of the, the menus and the features, um, and that's it. You install it. You pick a charity code. You enter the code, and that's it. You forget about it. When your computer's running, it's running in the background. And it's generating passive income for the charity of your choice. I like to think of it as back in the old days, Ken. You remember collecting cans and trading and tainting yeah, kids. Yeah, I do. I don't think anybody does that anymore. But I like to equate our process to it's virtual can collecting. It's not going to solve – you're going to still have to do those 5K runs. And you're going to have to do fundraisers. But it's, it's, it's actual money that is going back to your charity. So in the sense, if you could have – your, all your supporters going out collecting cans on the side of the road 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you would do it. That's what this does. You run it on your computer and you're virtual can collecting for your charity all the time that your computer is running. No, that, that is quite a concept. Quite a concept indeed. So uh, potentially how much money could be raised uh, through crypto charities a month, let's say? Absolutely, yeah. We have a case study that we've done and, and in real-world computing um, we've, depending on the speed of your processor, we've found that between ten and thirty dollars annually, possibly more, depending on the underlying currency price, ten to thirty dollars annually per user per computer. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about the power of that, if you had a, a hundred users, you're basically adding a zero. That's for a hundred users, a thousand dollars a year in passive income. 
I mean, that can go to uh, churches. We'll, we'll, I talk with a couple of churches, and they're like, yeah, it's, this is great. This is bonus money, Russ. We can f- help our, our soup kitchen. We can buy new uh, Bibles. We can, you know, do what it's a slush fund. It's, so anyways, it, in the upper end, you know, $30 or more, based on the speed of your computer, we have a couple of gamers and, and streamers, content creators that we, we support, and they've got super fast computers, so they're generating more income than someone with maybe a laptop. But it, the point is, is everybody can do it. And I've been to also a couple of charities and like, Ross, if you could guarantee me $10 for every one of our supporters every year, I'd be tickled pink. Because it's constant income. It's, it's bonus income. Yeah. So when you say 10 to 30 annually, you go, oh, geez, that's not a lot. But it, it's huge. Yeah. You know, if you had 1,000 or 10,000, think about the possibilities. Right. And it's not, it, there's no curve. It doesn't go down with the number of users. It's a straight line. If you have 1,000 users, it's $10 per user or more. If you have 10,000, you have 100,000 yeah. users, it's a straight line equation. It does not go, it's not just not diminish. Well, if you can uh, stay with us for a few more minutes, we'll talk about some of the companies uh, and some of the charities that uh, are benefiting uh, from uh, crypto charities. And again, if you want to go online right now, it's crypto-charities.org. So we'll be right back. Russ Willie is our guest, Catherine Mansfield in studio as well. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Russ Willie is with us uh, in studio, the creator, the driving force behind uh, crypto charities, and uh, keeping them straight in studio is uh, Catherine Mansfield, the uh, chief marketing officer. Now, uh, before the break, we talked about... uh, uh, discussing some of the uh, charities that are already uh, benefiting from uh, crypto charities. So uh, tell us about a few of them. Yeah, we're, we're very proud to um, be adding uh, new ones all the time. Um, but we've, we've worked locally with Annie's Angels and uh, sent them money every month for, oh, geez, since uh, October of last year, which is fantastic. Uh, Bill over there at Annie's Angels, he says you know, every dollar counts. So for him to get that monthly check from us is fantastic. We also work with uh, Children's Cancer Cause out of Washington, D.C. Um, so that's a national charity we've worked with. We went down to New York recently and met with them at a, at a, a function there, and that was fantastic. We uh, also uh, work with a, a charity called Hope International out of South Africa. <clears throat> and um, great story about that is we were contacted last fall by um, finance majors and faculty at Georgetown University who reached out to us and and said, Russ, this is groundbreaking. Um, we love it. Um, we get it. We understand it. Let's go. And they were working with Hope International to find a solution to raise them more uh, funds. And this was just another tool in the toolbox of fundraising for, for charities. And so they understood it. They, I, I didn't have to explain to them what digital currency was, what cryptocurrency. They had no fear. So that was really, really nice. Someone People of that stature financially and, and um, you know, Georgetown University, I was blown away that they were like, let's go. We get it. 
We don't need to sell us. <clears throat> we understand it. We understand how it works. Let's go. This is fantastic. You could, you've basically unlocked uh, digital, a passive income for, mm-hmm. you know, anyone, any company, organization, uh, individual in the world. This is a tool that unlocked passive income for virtually anybody. You know, it, I always tell people it's very, it's any for anybody because say if you had a big enough family and someone unfortunately got sick in your family, you right. wanted to raise funds for them. If you had 200 members of your family, I could issue you your own code. You don't need to be a company. Right. I could issue you your own code. You tell all your family members to download and run the app, and you could basically raise money for that individual or that cause to get their cancer treatment on your own. Wow. It's it's almost like a GoFundMe. Right, exactly. You know? That's what I was thinking. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. Now, codes can be issued to almost anyone, uh, anywhere in the world. It's not also not restrictive of borders. Um, so we are very proud of the charities that we work with. Um, going forward, um, some of the things that we're looking to add is, is in the corporate side, um, say if a company, a medium, and we're actively looking for um, for companies to work with us. If, if you had a company where you had 100 or 200 computers, um, those computers are running all the time. If you had a f- if you had a favorite charity or a pet charity of that company, we could install the Crypto Charities app on those computers. It's safe. It's secure. It's completely anonymous. No information, no personal information is ever collected from anyone using our app. You could install though those those hundred computers at your company, and at the end of the month, I give you the check as the CEO of the of the company, and you turn around and present that check to the Boys and Girls Club or whichever charity is your charity of choice, and then you look like the hero. Yeah. Our, our biggest thing is my favorite part of the month is at the end of the month, we add up everything, and I get to write checks to charities. I mean, who doesn't want that job? So if I have to write a check to you, do you give the charity from in your name from the company of the funds that you've raised? I don't care. As long as that charity is getting the money, I'm happy. So it, it would be a real plus to, to work with a couple of companies that have uh, salesmen or um, – have various laptops and and you know that's something we're we're looking into getting into and we're actively recruiting if someone you know has an idea or a small or medium sized company that wants to do that we we'd be love to we'd love to talk with you and we're also talking to colleges uh, which another great proving and schools um, uh, alumni associations we could issue you a code say for the Londonderry High School. Class of 87. I dated myself. That's my class. Okay. But if you had 2003, 2004, we issue a code for all those alumni. The alumni, you could almost make it a challenge. See who class can raise the most money. Class of 04, uh, so many people download the app and use the code 04. At the end of the month, I keep a tally. I send those checks back to the school. And even as young as grade school, we could issue that code for that class of junior high when they issue the computers. for. I know Concord gives out computers and they take them back. We could be ahead of the game and put the app on those computers that they issue out of here, and that code could follow that class for, for class dues. And then by the end of their senior year, they could buy something for the school or use those class dues along with class dues, use that money they've raised since junior high school to plan a class senior trip or give a gift pack to the school. It's really unlimited of what you can do in a very passive way of doing it exactly and yeah. and it's it, it's completely passive it's it's done on its own and what's nice about it too is is you know with that school interaction you could even teach kids about basic finances using that as a tool as i said transactions are verified in the blockchain but it translates itself to teaching kids how to balance their checkbook 
and teaching about credit card transactions. Sure. So you could use that as a tool, install it at the beginning of the year and talk about it, and not necessarily talk about digital currency, but if it is a thing going forward, you're going to want to talk about that. But it could lend itself to the the basics of of teaching them how to manage their money, which a lot of schools don't do anymore. So I think that could tie into a nice program with a partner school. So it's very exciting yeah. what we're doing going forward. So we're, we're very excited. Oh, I, I know that the high school booster clubs are always looking for ways to raise uh, more money for the, you know, the efforts they uh, put in and, and things the team uh, needs along the way in terms of equipment and, and other items. And I do see you have the Lancer Athletic Alumni Association there, but uh, many other you know, booster clubs and, and what, ha- what have you could uh, follow suit as well. Now, I know you, uh, you mentioned uh, Annie's Angels. Who are some of the other uh, local uh, firms or charities that you're involved with? Well, the Londonary Lancers, um, them, Annie's Angels, um, we really have um, – that's, that's – you know, we're hoping to add more, but that's the – unless I'm misremembering, um, that local charities that we work with, um, we, we basically went – this got pushed out last August, so we're we're basically on the ground, and we're, we've been very successful in what we've done. But we are always looking to add more local charities and national charities. But um, yeah, I mean, so you pretty much handed where we we go to local events and try to um, raise awareness. But we're just getting going here, and yeah. the more local charities we can add, the better. Well, that is uh, that is that is terrific, and the entire list is on the the website, which again is uh, crypto dash charities dot org so what what's the best way for a charity to contact you and uh, get involved or contact uh, Catherine to get involved or however it works uh, to to get involved in this terrific program yeah it's, it's fantastic you just have to support at crypto dash charities dot org is our email address support at crypto dash charities dot org you can email us there um, you can go to the website and you can register actually as an individual or an, an application, uh, as an individual or a company. Fill out that form. It gets sent right to us. Um, you can provide your contact information. We'll get right back to you. We can set you up in a code the same day. It's, it, it's basically 24 hours to go from contacting us to getting a code to have it populated in the application to running. It's as simple as that. So that's the best way to contact us. Go to the website, register, or contact us at support at crypto-charities.org. And if you're just simply uh, an individual, uh, you can download the app and uh, you know donate passively that way. Exactly. Download yeah. the app, pick a charity, and go. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I'm, I wish it was more complicated, maybe. It would sound maybe that people wouldn't believe that it actually is working. I had very quickly, I had a, a, someone always tells me, I had a, they say, well, why hasn't someone else done this before? This is brilliant. And I said, someone is. We're doing it right now. It's one of those things where you're like, we're doing it. That, that, no one's done it, but it's a simple idea, and we have it, and we're doing it, and it's, it's now. Now as it's happening. Is this one of a kind in, in the country? or One of a kind in the world. In the world. In the world. In There's the world. no one. Wow. We own the patent on the workflow, but there is no one actively right now doing what we do. We're the only ones in the world. Boy, that is something. So it's great. Now yeah. we just got to get more people, and, and this is part of getting the word out. Um, but that's the process now is to get more people to uh, understand how easy it is. And get over their, some of their fears. Some of the people will never trust it, but the people that do will realize it just works. Money is being generated, and that's going to charity.
Well, very good. What a, what a what a great concept. You know, what are you what are you working on next? <laughs> What's your next invention going to be? Well, I actually it's funny as I would like to get into renewable energy. Um, digital currency uses energy to to mine um, for profit or for revenue. So I would like to get into some projects that give back as far as um, you know generating clean energy to maybe offset any kind of energy we're using, and it's not much. The computer's running already, so it's not like we're adding on to the burden of the uh, of the electrical grid. But to answer your question, I'd love to get into the next project is actually generating renewable energy. Terrific. Yep. Well, we need it. That, that is, <laughs> Absolutely, that, that is we for do. Sure. Russ, thank you. Russ Willie and, uh, and Catherine Mansfield, thank you very much for uh, keeping Russ straight here in the studio <laughs> for the last 45 minutes or so. We'll get her but, to talk next time. All right. Very, very good. And again, uh, if you want to uh, find out more, it's very simple. Crypto-charities.org. All the information, great website, is uh, right there. And you can get started today. Thanks so much. Thank we you, appreciate Ken. appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up, our good friend John Leahy will be chiming in, telling us about the uh, the matchups for the postseason in the Hockey East. Right after these words, Kale & Company live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. A delight to have you with us on this Monday morning. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, joining us, as he does each and every week on this program, is the uh, longtime voice of the Merrimack College Hockey Warriors, John Leahy. John, good morning to you. Ken, uh, good morning to you, my friend. And uh, I'll tell you what, you, you've been there quite some time doing Merrimack games. They have never had uh, the, the regular season uh, like they had th- this past season, which just concluded this weekend, finishing second, just four points out of first place in Hockey East. What a campaign it was. Yeah, you know, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the stretch after Christmas was somewhat difficult, but uh, I'm happy to report that the Warriors seem to have righted the ship uh, just in the nick of time. And, uh, you know, with postseason hockey now, it's it's the most exciting time of the year, and I'm eager to see uh, what will happen as uh, Merrimack will not play on Wednesday in the opening round. They will host uh, uh, somebody on uh, Saturday night at Merrimack, and, uh, gee, let the playoffs begin. Best time of the year. Yeah, absolutely so. And I forget what the preseason prognostications were, but uh, did many of the uh, so-called Hockey East experts have Merrimack finishing as high as number two? No. Uh, the, the preseason poll had Merrimack uh, at number eight, ah, as a matter of fact. Wow. Boy, they didn't come and very so, close this year. That's for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, certainly they've exceeded expectations. Uh, and it's amazing when you consider all the the good talent that the Warriors lost last year. and. Uh, to come back and, and not only exceed the expectations, but demolish them. Uh, I, I think that's uh, that's just incredible. I, I really think Scott Boric has got to be the front runner for Coach of the Year. Uh, there have been there's a lot of great coaches in hockey that that uh, did a great job this year, but I think Scott's job has been tremendous, and I hope the league uh, will recognize him. I, I would have to think that they would. I mean, for a team that was projected to finish eighth in the league and come in second, just four points behind uh, Boston University, 
I mean, that is a, a remarkable achievement. So hats off to everyone involved with that uh, Merrimack College program and just a, a great regular season. But as you mentioned, now it is on to the postseason. And uh, you don't know the identity as yet of their uh, first-round opponent. No, that's correct, Ken. We have to wait for uh, the first-round games on Wednesday to be concluded. Merrimack will play whoever the second uh lowest seed is coming out of the first round but uh you know we got three great games coming up on wednesday night uh the unh wildcats will be down in providence to take on the providence friars that should be uh, a great matchup uh the wildcats play the friars awfully tough and providence is dealing with some health issues here so uh unh i know they feel good about that matchup uh, that should be a tremendous one you've got the vermont catamounts heading up to uh, alfond arena in orono to take on the main black bears and uh, Maine, uh, you know, Maine having home ice, that's going to be difficult to overcome. But, uh, you know, uh, Vermont will give them a battle for sure. And then UMass and B.C., what a matchup that's going to be uh, over in Chestnut oh, Hill on Wednesday sure. night. Yeah. yeah. So two uh, Titans going at it there. So uh, it's a shame, Ken, that uh, the season will end for some of these uh, teams. Uh, UMass Lowell and UConn are going to play each other in the first round as uh, – they get buys, and uh, that's the four-five matchup. And again, it, it's hard to fathom that the season will end for one of those teams. But uh, such is life in the playoffs, right? Yeah, one and done, right? Uh, that's that's the way it goes, uh, right? In, in hockey right. East, uh, yeah. No uh, best two out of threes or three out of fives or anything like that. It's uh, one and done. And uh, John mentioned the matchups coming up on Wednesday in the uh, the Wildcats at Providence and the uh, the Wildcats during the you know, final quarter of the season, were able to uh, right the ship after some shaky times. Yeah, uh, they were able to get get it together a little bit under Mike Souza. And, you know, this is the time of year when you want to be playing your best hockey. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think UNH will, will give Providence a battle. I, I think it's going to be a very close game. As I said, the Friars are nicked up. And uh, so UNH and Providence uh, should be a great Make sure you tune in to uh, Mike Murphy and Pete Webster on the radio call, by the way. Uh, they'll have it uh, on UNH Radio, and of course, all three games will be televised. But uh, you know, I'm sure Mike and Pete will do a great job down at Schneider Arena on Wednesday night, as they always do, and uh, and you guys do as well on on the uh, Merrimack broadcast. And that'll be uh, Saturday night, first round bye for the Warriors, seven thirty uh, in North Andover, Mass. And uh, looking forward to uh, finding out on uh, Wednesday who. The uh, Warriors will be playing in that opening round. I know you're anxious to find out who that opening uh, uh, opponent will be in the quarterfinal round of of Hockey East after the uh, you know the opening round on Wednesday with those uh, three games that you talked about, and then it's on uh, the, for those who uh, win uh, on Saturday, the 11th of March. Then the following week uh, weekend, they go on to the Boston Gar- to the TD Garden. Yeah, that's right. The semifinals will be on St. Patrick's Day, Friday yeah. the 17th. Uh, you'll have the semifinal round games, and then the Hockey East Championship will be decided on Saturday, March 18th. So uh, the top uh, three teams who are actually BU, Merrimack, and Northeastern, they have a distinct advantage in that all they have to do, I say all they have to do, it's, I make it sound like it's easy, but it's not. Uh, if, if you win your home quarterfinal game, then you, you're on your way to the Garden. So you have to win one home game, and uh, 
So uh, you know, this is the most successful season Merrimack's ever had in program history. So, uh, you know, they've accomplished a lot, but there's still a lot to be done. And uh, there are four possibilities uh, for the Warriors uh, in terms of uh, potential opponents. Uh, they are going to play either Providence, BC, UMass, or it could be UNH as well. Yep. Uh, if the Wildcats and Vermont both win, then that guarantees that UNH would come to Merrimack on Saturday night. But uh, we'll uh, we'll catch the games on Wednesday, and we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So now, uh, let let us say now you finished second in uh, Hockey East, one of the top conferences in the country, if not the top men's hockey conference in the country. You finished number two. Uh, you know, let's say in the and you know the possibility is always there for losing in that quarterfinal round for for any of these teams. Uh, so, is there an, an opportunity for an at large bid uh, for the NCAA tournament? Should they not uh, capture the Hockey East championship? Well, Ken, that all depends on the pairwise number, which is the mathematical formula which is uh, used to calculate. Uh, the teams that get in to the NCAA tournament. So, yes, it depends to a large extent on how you do, but it also depends on the scores of the other games. Merrimack, as we wake up this morning, is 15th in the pairwise. Okay. So they're right on the bubble. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so if if you are uh, if you are not high enough in those pairwise rankings, then you have to win the tournament to get in. But a team like BU, for example, BU is fifth in the pairwise, so the Terriers are going to get in regardless. BU has that luxury. They don't have to win the Hockey's tournament to get in. But uh, right now, BU is the only team in Hockey East that's high enough in the pairwise that has that luxury. Everybody else, uh, particularly Merrimack and Northeastern, who are right on the fringe, uh, you know, they need to win and they need to uh, also get some help. So it's that magic pairwise number, Ken. That's the number you pay attention the to. The pairwise number. All right. Out- outstanding. Yeah. And uh, how are the, uh, the women faring in Hockey East? Well, congratulations to Dave Flint and Northeastern. The Huskies win the Hockey East Championship this past uh, Saturday. They beat Providence by a score of 4-1. to one. Northeastern goes in to the NCAA tournament. They're the only Hockey East team that will uh, be in it. Northeastern drew a bye into the quarterfinals. They're going to play Yale on Saturday afternoon. And if the Huskies win that game, they are off to Duluth, Minnesota to participate in the women's Frozen Four. So I'd like to take this opportunity to not only congratulate Dave Flint and the Huskies program, but to wish them well against Yale this weekend, and hopefully they'll be on their way to Minnesota. New Hampshire's own Dave Flint from Rochester, Spalding High School in uh, Rochester, New Hampshire, a member of the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey, recently uh, inducted at the last awards ceremony that they had. So uh, we want to see Dave fare very well in the NCAA tournament, uh, for sure, representing uh, Hockey East. Uh, John, anything else that, that we should know before we have to uh, wrap it up on this Monday? Uh, I don't think so, Ken. I mean, I will be back in Concord on the 15th, um, so uh, hopefully we'll have a, a nice crowd over there at Area 23 getting the uh, materials ready for that trip up, so uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you all. Well, you will definitely see me, for sure, on the uh, 15th of March at uh, at area 23 and John Leahy will be doing uh, you're going to do some uh, some Irish songs John uh, on, on well, the 15th 
Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, that's the plan. That's that's my go-to. So I'll we'll release a little bit of that stuff. One last thing I wanted to mention, Ken. If you want more information on the hockey's playoffs, please check out my podcast, airing it out. Files from Leahy's broadcast booth. I did a an episode with Mike Macknick and our our uh, esteemed PA voice, Ian Boshane. We broke down the playoffs. So if you want to check that all out, it's up there for you to listen to. Outstanding, outstanding, John, and, and we will for sure. So thanks so much, and we will check in with you again next Monday at this uh, very same time. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Ken. Have a great week. All right, John. John Lee, longtime voice of the Merrimack College Warriors. Want to mention that the Concord High Crimson Tide boys hockey team remain undefeated as they knocked off Keene on Saturday 4-1 to at the Everett Arena. Semifinals of the NHIAA Division I hockey tournament will be played on Wednesday at the JFK Coliseum in Manchester, the Concord High Crimson Tide will be taking on fourth-seeded Bedford as Bedford ousted Trinity last night by a score of 4-3. to three. So Concord and I would say their arch-rival Bedford going at it 5 o'clock Wednesday night at Manchester's JFK Coliseum. And we hope to see you there. It should be a great battle. That'll do it. Thanks to our guests today, Russ Willey and uh, John Leahy, and to uh, Catherine Martinez for her great job, as always, uh, running the board here at WKXL. That will do it. If you missed any of it, check in tonight right after 7 o'clock here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental.